the central banks want to rein everything in and have even more control over the economy. Everyone would have an account with a ledger with the central bank. Privacy is gone, anonymity is gone. Digital identity is is not just your your name, your birth certificate, you, you know, your things about you, but they've also got things about your skill sets, your behaviors, your access to the internet in this new web 3.0 internet will be by this digital identity. You'll use that to get into the metaverse, you'll use that to go online. We're moving towards maybe a China light, Chinification. There's 300 plus uh, UK government signed up to a digital identity scheme. So even if you open a new company, you got to go through this. Even if you start renting uh, DBS checks, you got to go through this. Everything's going through this digital identity now. It's building up a profile on you. The whole financial system will go through that. Even if there are drastic changes coming through, you know, even if they're going to rip out the economic system and put in a new technocracy um, where we'll all be plugged into the, the matrix, you know, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do it all together. But but I've always said I've got this little thing that always goes into my mind. It's like maybe we have to assimilate, you know, maybe we'll have to become AI so we can get into the system and kill it, <laughs> you know. That's the only way we're going to do it is is to um, let let the truth shine, you know, and and uh, elevate our species. Welcome to another episode of the Staying Free podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Indy, also known as Seek for Truth on Twitter. Indy is someone who many of you will already know. He's been very much at the front and center of the freedom movement for the past two and a half years, and he's a writer and editor at Truth Talk UK. We talked about everything from Indy's culture and background as a Sikh to holistic health to vaccine passes, CBDCs and digital IDs. I'm really grateful to Indy for coming on and speaking on the podcast. I know that doing media appearances isn't normally his thing and he's more of a writer and tends to stick to that. But I really enjoyed this conversation. Indy has a lot of insight generally and it's great to have the opportunity to talk to him in a different format and have him share some of his ideas in a longer form. If you enjoy the episode, please give it a like and a share on social media. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, then please give it a five-star rating in whichever podcast app you're using. If you're new here, welcome. Give the podcast a subscribe for future episodes and also go back and check some of the previous episodes. I'm sure there'll be a lot there that will interest you. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, there's two ways to do that. The first is to give a Bitcoin tip and the second is to buy me a coffee. Links for those will be in the description. Any donations you do give are hugely appreciated and will go directly towards the costs of running the show. All right, on to the episode. Actually, my Twitter handle, it was Seek for Truth. Um, I actually, I came up with that. I didn't think much of it. Uh, but it was actually, but my my name on Twitter was uh, in truth, in truth we trust, and I, I kept that for a long, long time, um, and then I just put my um, display name the same as my handle. Um, but yeah, over the sort of past, um, certainly since uh, March, uh, Rick, our friend Rick Munn from TNT Radio, <laughs> yeah, he he calls me Seek, but but then he you know he calls me Indy, so that's fine. He's, that's my name, Indy. I-N-D-I. 
Cool. So we were just saying before the um, before the recording began about us both kind of you know getting to know each other a bit via the protests in the UK. Yeah, I, I've had I've had this this question in my mind for a long time, and you seem to be the right person to ask. There seemed to be a really disproportionate representation of Sikhs at those protests. Mm. Like the, mm. the, the Sikh community seemed to really come out for it. Is that something you you've noticed, or you can kind of give you know shed a bit of light on? Um. Well, I'm, I'm only presuming. I think um, the Sikh religion in the UK is is probably one of the one of the smallest religions. I think in in Leicester, where I live, I did some research a couple of weeks ago because there was some uh, some other stuff going on in Leicester. We only represent 4.6 percent of the population here, um, which is only about 25,000 people out of 360k. Um, so it's it's a small population. So if you can imagine that across the uk um yeah that you probably wouldn't get many Sikhs. so i think we're um one of those minorities in in probably the, the you know leicester uk and, and even the world um it, it's i think it's one of the, one of the youngest religions as well so it came out in towards the end of the sort of um well i think 15th century or 17th century don't hold me to that my uh his history isn't too great <clears throat> But yeah, it's one of the youngest religions. Um, yeah, but we go by the the writings of our guru, uh, which is a um, it's the Guru, guru Granth Sahib, which is a it's a book. It's a it's it's got all the um, the writings of the ten gurus before it, and so that's you know tells you how you should live. And uh, I think you know always speak your truth. I think truth and the vibrational uh, elements of truth always come out you know over fear and, and evil and and the uh, our holy book says you know you shouldn't be afraid live a fearless life yeah so that's part of this the the teachings is is to is to not live a fearful life and to, to kind of always pursue truth yeah so what we we um we pray we say sat nam sat means truth and nam means the name so um the truth is the name the truth is god you know like we you know we pray for the truth and not be to be, you know, lied to or, you know, be blinded by, um, you know, possessions and, and material sorts of things. You know, you've got to live a very, very pure life to, to become enlightened, to become, you know, so you perhaps don't come back uh, again in reincarnation. So, yeah. Right, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, on those protests, I was I was having a lot of like Sikh cooking because the Sikhs seem to always bring these like carts of, of food with them, and then when you'd end up at the at the at the final place, it was the Sikhs who were kind of dishing out food, and it was like a donation thing. I'm not sure if yes. you saw that, but yeah, that was just it was just amazing. Like, like I love the way that people were brought together through that. Yeah, so there are lots of um, Sikh charities. There's Kalsa Aid um, that goes into some of these sort you know um disaster hit countries and when there's you know sort of you know um natural disasters going on you 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 do see a lot of Sikh organizations from the Gurdwaras uh, getting together to help the poor because that's what we believe in we we believe in you know helping others around you uh like charitable causes and stuff and and one of the things that the Sikhs do is have langar which is l a n g e r or AR longer and that basically means free food um, and so you, you can go to a Gurdwara at any time and always get a free f free meal um, so you know sort of eradicating poverty is is one of the one of the Sikhs you know sort of 
um, sort of you know key pillars really. Um, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be poverty. Uh, everyone should be able to eat at the same level also. So you know it doesn't matter who who comes into the gurdwara. Um, they deserve you know if if you're hungry then you know you will be fed. Um, but I think that goes even like you you know like when we're going sort of intermingling with family it's always about food it's always centered around sort of food you know like you know what have you made to eat um so it's and yeah the samosas the um you probably had samosas or um sweets you know indian sweets uh, but yeah did were, were there a lot of Sikhs that you that you saw or yeah i i know i just noticed there was a few i don't know whether it was because there was actually oh. a lot or whether it's because when the Sikhs kind of were at those protests that they kind of went all out on the like ceremonial aspects of it you know like bringing the food and like having um right. kind of instruments or the you know the dress and things like that so it could have just been that they were more noticeable but yeah, I, yeah. I didn't notice that from anywhere else i didn't notice you know the the christian contingent you know people who look like they've come from the church i didn't notice uh even much of like a, a Muslim contingent or anything, it seemed to just be like Sikhs mm. were very like noticeable to me. But um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't uh, gone into any sort of form of activism. Like, um, you know, I haven't been to a protest. Um, you know, I don't think, yeah, even just the, the local ones in, in my own city, I know there's been, you know, small demonstrations and you know maybe sort of pockets or groups of people standing with placards and stuff like that you know i don't really get involved it's 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 not my way of um you know trying to influence or you know make things right and stuff you know like what i do is i try and share the information and try and uplift people um with 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 the truth you know with with information so they can actually sort of break that down um and, and make of it what the, you know what they will um you know so we do like in terms of uh, i think it started like last year um so my, my first article for truth talk which is run by toby um appeared last april so 2021 is when i wait is that of, toby toby young no toby brown so it's, it's another toby uh, but he's on he's on twitter as well toby brown he if you look at um uh, at truth talk uh, his handle is um so yeah he he was one of the sort of early people who got in touch with me on on twitter um because i started putting up threads and information and sort of you know uh, i spent my covid t- my time in covid like researching and so then right. I, I i came out in april 2020 um and then did some threads and then i and i started writing for truth talk but yeah all the stuff that we 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 put together we try and uh, you know sort of research the why the when the when you know how uh, the who the three w's really um yeah so it's it's just it started with a small number of followers so when i was originally speaking with you um when you were putting those videos up and you know there was lots of there's lots of protests it's all against the uh, the covid mandates and the the, va- the vaccine passports and all that sort of stuff um that's kind of um, where it all started. I mean, I, I did I did cover the protests as well early on, um, and then you're know, writing articles and sort of linking everyone's uh, videos and stuff and tweets together. Um, but yeah, just uh, that's my 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 contribution is just uh, to try and um, 
try and cover stuff that's not in the mainstream media, like try and bring over stuff from the alternative media, but also stuff from that's not really um, people not really focusing on. Because um, I think the media is always like, you know, it's I find it quite uh, boring um, and very one sided. So I need interesting stuff to keep me going. Oh, for sure. What were you doing before that? Um, I want to get back to that and all of the stuff you do for Truth Talk and all of your kind of act, like online activism. But what were you doing before? So I'm um, I'm from Leicester, um, obviously Sikh, and uh, I work uh, well for since about 2002. I have no, what's it? 2002, 2012. Uh, actually, I can't even remember now. I'm talking to you. No, from about 2006. That's right. You can probably cut that bit. <laughs> From about 2006, I've been working as a analyst, a programmer, a developer, and now I'm a um, a business intelligence developer. So I, I work in. Um, well, I've worked in many different co- uh, companies. I work in within like the data teams, uh, business intelligence teams. So we do like report writing, we do like uh, data modeling, uh, programming. Um, so it's all about harnessing the 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 data within the company enterprise-wide data to try and make like strategic decisions so it it, it is business intelligence it is data analytics so i'm a very sort of you know um person who who works with the business um and tries to understand their processes and then um builds data models and um allow them to then you know um, um create statistics and kpis and measurements um to, to help um, the overall strategy of of the business. So it could be efficiency savings, it could be um, your sort of forecasting, planning, looking to you know into the future. Um, so yeah, at the moment I'm working at a um, a university. So I'm within a um, a university department, uh, IT department, and I work with you know a, a team of developers, um, which I'm which uh, I'm, I'm a part of. So, yeah, so we develop analytics and digital transformation um you know sort of shaping uh, the journey um so or helping to, to shape the journey so doing a lot of um analysis and, and kind of projections into the future and stuff i guess gives you yeah a very kind of analytical brain and you you want to kind of dive into data and figure out what's going on so it sounds like you're pretty well set up for the kind of stuff that you're doing now with truth talk so yeah like what does your kind of journey then look like coming into 2020 like were you you know it sounds like you weren't involved in too much activism before that and you had some kind of a red pill moment so can you just take us through that well um i mean johnny i've i've most of my life i've just been concentrated on obviously work and family um but from say from like 2005 like when i started my work actually um you know, there, there was always alternative media, alternative news. So my journey was mostly um, like from from a health perspective as also, because I used to suffer quite uh, bad with a skin condition called eczema um, since I was a young boy, um, since I was like probably less than one years old. So I've suffered from, you know, bleeding, scratching, um, dry skin, rough skin, bleeding skin for all my life. And um, it got it got quite bad when I was at university. Um, I actually studied computer science um, in Leicester, and then I 
nothing was working so i, I reached out to alternative uh, therapies so you know um like the indian therapies um cr you know creams um lotions potions but then what really sort of you know it was it was the whole alternative treatment so i had to change everything i had to well not change everything i had to, I had to change bits of my eating habits and you know st stress habits and, and stuff like this anything that could sort of calm and you know um, lessen the inflammation and stuff so it was a lot about it was a lot it was to do about food drink you know um, um, Chinese medicine Chinese therapy acupuncture you know, Chinese tea I did that for a number of years um, probably about, for about 10 years um, so I can so I can become so you know um, feel better about myself um, but then I, I also started like reading up on other other bits so that the banking system um you know um there's a, a person who you probably know um a conspiracy theorist called uh, david ike he's actually from leicester he's from the same city so i've i've read a couple of his books i mean like i, I like the factual stuff he he writes he he used to write um there was a book called um Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's got a blue cover, uh, and, and the truth shall set you free, is the book. And and I I I really enjoyed that. But I only bought two of his books. But the information in there was 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 quite powerful because it it told a story of of uh, generational families and wealth and banks, and then you get this overall arching picture of you know who controls the world and all this sort of stuff. Um, so my journey started a long time ago, actually. Um, with alternative therapies, alternative news, alternative thinking. Um, but it was quite dormant. Like, you know, I wasn't uh, active on social media at all. Um, you know, I kind of, I did have an account when I, when the whole Brexit thing started, but I had like about 50 followers and then I probably closed it after about, I don't know, a couple of months. I was just, I opened it just to see what the MPs was were talking about and what the, you know, what the, the, the social media chatter because it was you know, Twitter was quite new to me and you know to try and get opinions that weren't on the news I had to sort of reach out and you know see what my MPs or see see what these people are saying or see what the mayor is saying about it so you know that that sort of got me into the news and the realm of social media and Twitter but then yeah um, no accounts no no presence um, and then yeah it wasn't up, up until about March 2020 April 2020 is when I is when I created my account. Um, now, I'm not too sure what the reason was, but it was first I wanted to tackle it via data, like from 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 a data uh, perspective, like you know from charts in terms of like the figures from the ONS. So I started breaking down those quite early on, um, but just doing it for myself. I, mean, I did start posting originally, but I then deleted all that stuff because I realized that there was, there were other people doing that, you know, and, and doing it really well. Um, you know, like COVID stats, you know, it kind of gets a bit boring yeah. after a while, uh, just pumping out numbers, you know, but yeah, it was just trying to work out the impacts of lockdown, uh, originally, um, the, the numbers, the cases and stuff. Um, because at that point people were scared to sort of leave their house. Um, but, I actually spent, and it was a nice year. I mean, um, you know, it was, 2020 was a pretty good summer. Um, I did quite a lot of research into, initially did a lot of research into um, um, 
terrain theory, um, viruses as, as general and um, healing. I already know, knew a lot of this stuff from before, from from when I started researching about health, health and about, you know, fruit, vegetables, etc. Um, but then I started reading, you know, books like um, what, what Really Makes You Ill. Uh, it's like a it's like a really massive book. It's, uh, it's about a couple of inches big. So I read that, and I also read a book by um, Arthur Fistenberg called The Invisible Rainbow, um, and it's all about oh, yeah, electricity, uh, electricity, um, you know, um, telephone signals, um, um, mobile signals, and stuff, and how that can affect our bodies and health, and how that can, can accumulate over years. I mean, it's a, it's a short book. Uh, definitely would recommend it. Um, so that gave me a perspective on the pandemic. But I wasn't very, you know, I had already made my mind up. So I started looking into other aspects because other people were doing, people were um, quite, there was lots of vocal people and people were taking it in, in, in different ways. So people covering the protests, people were covering the vaccines. I didn't want to touch any of that. I didn't want to touch any of, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do um, like a deep dive on on the agenda because I already knew it was suspect, you know. And it, because what 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 I've learned is you know problem reaction solution. So that that's that's all I've known since two thousand and five. Because then if you go back a little bit, it's the you get nine eleven. Then if you go forward and you get seven seven, and then you have lots of other things that that if you really do look into them. They don't really stack up, uh, but anyway, um, 2020, yeah, um, I wanted to do something a bit different, so I started looking into. Well, the information actually came to me in April. Um, it, it was it was it was a website that that was created by um, the the Linux Foundation um, in conjunction with Bill Gates and some other companies, and it was a COVID pass. So in April 2020. A website was the COVID credentials um, was created, and then, and then in April 2020, uh, David Ike put a meme up: um, COVID um, certificate of vaccine ID 2019, and that's when that's when the penny dropped. That from that point onwards, I had to I had to find out if this was actually true. Um, so it all took me to a journey of credentials, digital identity. Uh, vaccine passports um, and then we had this whole and that went went on for about I don't know 18 months there was protests over the vaccine passports there were Matt Hancock said they weren't gonna no there's no like there's no plans for vaccine you know th there's no such thing then then we find out that the contracts of 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 being planned they're being developed you know NHS COVID app uh, was launched um, and then it's all because then it's the whole thing about okay so you you know these solutions are coming in um to get you access into you know uh, venues and stuff but but where else is that going to lead to you know so and then yeah we started writing articles at that point you know saying that the vaccine passport is is the agenda here yeah yeah i i always thought that that the the vaccine passport was the agenda i know that everyone had varying kind of theories on it but that was the thing they were clearly trying to push and, you know, with yeah. all of the coercion and, you know, we saw it multiple times. They did it again, literally mm. like a couple of months ago, it appeared again, some kind of like government contract for, Oh, does someone want to develop a, 
a COVID vaccine ID thing. And everyone was just like, uh, are we going to like, you know, guys, you, you realize that you've got this, this thing on the government website and the government were like, oh yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it down. Whoops, what a mistake. Yep, just accidentally put up, you know, like a 200,000 pound contract to develop a COVID ID, you know, in the summer of 2022. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, and it's so obvious to the people who were following it, you know, like hmm. when you were following it really early on, I mean, I, I knew yeah. something for me clicked in about um, April, I think of 2020, 2020. And that was the point for me. It was when they brought in masks after the thing was basically done. Like after yeah. the, the wave was over, you know, like they, we were basically like on the straight and narrow. And all of a sudden they're bringing in masks like in the in the summer when the virus yeah. is, you know, petered out. And I was like, You're, mm. they, these people, they just want the fear to continue. You know, they've, they've hyped this thing up and they're not going to let it go now. And I always knew no. that, you know, it would end up being, you know, a vaccine, then a vaccine pass, et cetera. And, you know, that's exactly where it went. You see, Johnny, when I started doing this in the summer of 2020, so I actually put my first um, information thread out, outline the the COVID pass, the, where it's coming from, who's who's developing it, what they're going to be using it for. That was in August 2020, and at that point, if you searched the term vac, I searched the term vaccine passport, immunity passports, um, health pass, nothing, nothing, no one was talking about it, and I hope I was, you know, one of those sorts. You know, um, to get the ball rolling, to say, look, you know, th there's an agenda here. There's something coming. There's something coming in the next 15 months, but they're, they're keeping it in reserve. It's not quite ready. So they, they went from the track and trace, obviously, to the COVID vaccine uh, status, and now it's 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 used for borders. And you know, Canada's still got one, and, and they're all all countries doing it all together. But when you start peeling the layers back, you realise a lot of these technology companies are are following a an agenda. Um, ID2020 and uh, other company um, sort of public-private pri partnerships are, are, you know, are developing this and they're, they're pushing it through because they they're gonna they're gonna build on it. It's a foundation. It's a platform uh, for not only for health credentials but for for other things in the future. Uh, it can be repurposed. So yeah, um, when I started writing, um, had very few followers, um, but then it you know it accelerated trajectory of my tweets um, were all focused around that area and, and it you know it was sort of a niche sort of you know place on Twitter and that's why I got I gained a load of lots of followers and and uh, quite you know quite renowned followers of, of, of people. And where do you think that we are now with all that stuff? Like, wh where do you think we are with, with the, the vaccine passports and everything? Because it seemed to me that, like, they they kind of gave up on it, like, quite easily. Like, they'd galvanized the public in this way where everyone was, you know, basically completely propagandized. They were all hating their neighbors. You know, if you said that you hadn't taken the vaccine, people would turn on you. You know, marriages were breaking down. It seemed like they got everyone where they wanted and then something happened. Mm. I think it was at, actually at the beginning of, um, was, yeah, it was the beginning of this year because they actually they actually pushed them through, didn't they? They pushed through yep. some kind of vaccine pass in the UK, at least, um, in December. Three weeks later, they revoked it. And it all seemed very kind of, oh, yeah, let's pretend nothing's happened here. We're just going to get rid of it all. And it was very weird. Like, I didn't feel that the revoking of the whole, you know, vaccine agenda or the vaccine pass agenda I didn't feel that that happened kind of off the back of, you know, protests and, and a big freedom movement. I actually don't. I think that governments seem to suddenly be afraid of what they'd been pushing and change course. Do you, 
I wonder if you can speak to that for a minute. It could it could certainly be the case. I think the MPs uh, uh, at that time um, were getting a lot of heat and a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of um, stuff was thrown at them on Twitter saying, you know, you said that this wasn't going to come through. The, I think the government actually voted for to bring those in, um, especially things like in stadiums and, you know, football matches and in large events. So they were, I mean, they weren't brought in at a, at a localised level, at, you know, sort of, small level but they they you know they they started trialing these out at large events outdoor events uh, as and such but i i just don't i, I think i think by then the 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 amount of awareness about them and where this could lead to was 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 quite big uh and the mps knew it they, they knew that they this wouldn't last so i think they probably lasted a couple, a couple of months but then you had stories coming out of wales there was a um a cinema um a welsh small independent cinema um <clears throat> I, I actually covered them in a couple of stories uh, cinema and co and they were forced to shut down because they didn't accept they didn't accept the covid pass they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, screen their customers you know they just didn't comply but and they were fined uh, and that that was a major story so you had you know theaters that that wouldn't comply with it and then they were saying well we're going to bring it into pubs you know for for a product um yeah it's it's the thing is right you know it it's exclusionary so you're automatically denying uh business and you know based on a whether you've taken a product or not or whatever it is it's it's discriminatory uh and you know and i i if these people were taken to court, I think they would lose. And so, yeah, there was, I think that they were scared. Um, and I think Boris Johnson, you know, the cases were going down. They said that um, we have no need for them. So they pulled them back. Um, but, but the inf infrastructure is still there. The technology, they've spent all that money. Um, they're going to maybe repurpose it, um, use it for international travel only. Um, I mean, I, how I mean, how about yourself? Do you uh, have to provide that when you travel? Um, well, no. I mean, I came to Mexico in about 2000 and it was like uh, about May 2021. So it was kind of off the back of that big lockdown that happened in the in the winter of 2020 going into the into kind of spring of 2021. And, you know, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Like I, I can't keep doing this. And, you know, Mexico, Mexico seemed mm. like the most free place. And I, and I came to Mexico and I've been here basically ever since, but obviously going between Mexico and the UK, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. At one point you needed a test to get into the UK, but you've never needed yeah. a vaccine to get into the UK. You've never needed a vaccine or actually you've never even needed a test to get into Mexico. Literally they've never even had a, te had a test to come in. It, okay. There was at one point a little health questionnaire form that you had to just tick a box and say, you know, I don't have symptoms, uh, yeah. but it, it's basically been, been, um, you know, there's been no requirements and yeah, like I found that it's fine. And obviously there's still some countries, I think Canada now looks like they've, I don't know if they've completely revoked needing a, a vaccine, vaccine uh, to go in or whether they're kind of moving in that direction seems like yeah. america which is actually blows my mind america supposedly the land of the free is going to be the last country almost mm. in the world i mean maybe there's some others i don't know about in you know in some parts of the the world like asia and stuff but it seems like america 
is going to be the last one kind of continuing with this absolute clown policy of vaccine passports. And, you know, I can't see it coming back, honestly. I just can't see them. No, they had no. one shot and they they missed, in my view. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we we um, we caused such a stink. And there was a campaign by the hashtag Together uh, Declaration, which uh, had a massive campaign against vaccine passes. And, yeah. and I believe that was quite successful. Uh, many of the MPs were on board. Um, certainly Steve Baker, um, MP for um, down south. Can't remember the the, the, the town he's he's in charge. But yeah, there was there was there was quite a few MPs um, who voted who voted against. Actually, there was um, you know uh, a big turnout of MPs that voted against um, these these additional restrictions, which which were not needed because you know we we were going into uh, Christmas last year and there were talking about plan a and plan b you know and, and plan b was um putting through these arbitrary passes but personally for me like because i've been through health issues in the past i i've taken my i took my childhood vaccines um and in 2006 i cut my finger i had to take a tetanus jab you know i have no problem with vaccines it's just that since since my health started to improve, I've 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 had to look after myself, and so I I can't put anything in my body that would 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 interfere with the immune system because my immune right. system is, is is crap anyway. Um, okay. So I didn't want it to to go into overdrive, you know, become hypersensitive to stuff. Uh, it could, you know, my my uh, fear was it would um, inflame um, my eczema. So I right. I've not I've not taken anything. Did, did you fix your eczema issue through your through the kind of alternative health treatments you were going through? Yeah, it's helped. Um, so I was on like acupuncture. Um, fortunately, I met a really nice um, uh, a gentleman in Leicester where I live. Uh, he does like traditional traditional Chinese medicine, so he speaks only Chinese, um, and he he imports all all the stuff he makes for tea. But it's it's it's. Um, I mean, he can tell a lot from my tongue. Um, and even the color of my blood, um, because what what seems to happen is that the body can't get rid of rubbish, um, and your 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 blood becomes quite dark. Um, it becomes toxic in a way. Your body becomes toxic, and so it starts coming through on your skin. You you get quite hot. Uh, your the heat in your body as well from different parts of your with your organs. So it like um, and, and that can if you don't have the right balance, so. It, the whole thing about acupuncture is that or the Chinese traditional medicine is to put your body back in the natural state that it was in. Um, so this could be do this right, can be done with right. the electrical signals in your body and your meridians and where you put your where, where you can target the um, the acupuncture points. Um, you can you can increase energy um, flowing between uh, the organs and that's that's what's done. I mean, it, it took a while and I needed to do it quite regularly. Um, but that in the combination with like drinking Chinese tea, which is supposed to cool your, your system, get rid of, uh, heat. And I mean, we're, um, electrical beings, you know, and, um, you know, things affect us and the weather, I mean, the weather's classic. I mean, like I get flare ups when the weather changes and stuff. So, you know, or, you know, you, you get ill when the weather changes. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I love, I love, um, you know, this, the whole alternative medicine thing. I mean, I'm kind of 
I'm not like really in that world massively at the moment, but no, it just, so much of it just makes inherent sense. Like so much, you know, quite often, you know, like with what you were saying there, I mean, I've got, you know, friends who've got really, really severe asthma and stuff and they struggle with it like terribly. And, you know, they go to the doctor and it's like, oh, we'll give you one cream this week and another cream that week. And it's all just like, you know, some cream's going to solve this problem. But then, you know, you tell me something like that, that you can kind of identify from the color of someone's blood that will give you signs or looking at their tongue. And I found this a lot in the alternative health world that it's like, people actually look at you and just and go, okay, let's, let's observe this person and see what's going on. Whereas a lot of the time in kind of conventional medicine, like allopathic medicine, people will, you know, the doctor doesn't even want to see you. They, they, you know, they're just like, okay, well, based on your symptoms, you need this cream. Based on your symptoms, you need this drug. There's no observing of the, of the person or the human body, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, he's done some uh, amazing stuff. That I, I had a headache and he put a needle in my foot and, and that cured the headache, you know? And um, I had, oh. I've got asthma as well. Um, and it was quite bad because eczema and asthma is quite kind of like overlapping um you know, people with eczema usually have asthma as well. So I've had asthma since I was very young. And he told me that it's to do with your liver. And, and sorry, not liver. It's, it's, it's your kidneys and there's too much heat. So give me some uh, tablets, medicine. Um, did that for about a month. Um, yeah, a lot better. So certainly, it certainly helps. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff is to do with the plant, plant-based, plant right? So it's all organic from the, from the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all, yeah, her- well, it's all herbal. Um, yeah, I don't know who the quote was, quote was, but "Let food be thy medicine." Was uh, that's right? Yeah, was it was it was it actually a, a medical person? I, I want to say Socrates or something, but I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, I think you're along the right lines. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it might have been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had um, I've had some kind of experiences with um, alternative medicine. Namely, um, it's like, well, I've had. I've had acupuncture, but I've also had like cupping therapy and cupping therapy for me is the thing that I absolutely swear by. I've had it on a number of occasions and I used to get this problem with in my back where particularly in the winter when it was cold, I would, my back would just be in continuous pain. It would just be awful. And the only way to kind of get rid of the pain would be like, it wouldn't be there if I'd maybe been under the covers in my bed for a while. My body was like warm and I would get some temporary relief from it, but it was just painful basically through the whole day. And I, I actually went for a massage completely randomly. It was, it was some kind of like, I think I won it in a raffle or something. It was something weird like that. Went to, went to like a Chinese um, kind of medicine place and I was getting this uh, massage and I was supposed to have a one hour massage. And halfway through, he said, do you want to do half an hour of cupping therapy? And I had no idea what it was. And he was like, oh, you know, we, we kind of do acupuncture and we use these cups and, you know, we put, we heat them up and stuff. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but I like, you know, I've always kind of liked to just try new things. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Like, let's see. And, um, he said, do you get any pain like on your back? I said, yeah, basically I get all this pain in my lower back. I get it all the time. And I had this one, um, session of cupping therapy, which was for half an hour. Normally they do it for at least an hour. And literally this, the pain completely went away for two years. Like I never got it back at all. It was almost the next day I woke up and I was, it was complete turnaround. And, you know, this wasn't like someone said to me, oh, this is going to work. You know, it wasn't like, I, I can't put it down to just a placebo effect. I mean, even mm. if you can, obviously placebo is still a useful, a useful thing, but I can't put it down to that because I had no idea what to expect from it or to expect any kind of change. But yeah, it totally turned me around. And since then I've had it a number of times and, you know, I, I really swear by it. I think that, one of the things I really hope to see 
in this new world that we're building where we're actually, you know, just getting rid of the doctrines of these traditional institutions is a kind of, uh, I guess, like a renaissance of alternative mm. medicine, or at least the open-mindedness to alternative medicine. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you. I mean, like, mm. because I've, I felt that I've been let down um, in the normal yeah. traditional sense, because, you know, I, my my parents took me to every single specialist you, you, you could name. Uh, I've been in and out of hospital um, as a child. And I still remember, you know, the bandages they used to put on me. Uh, my parents used to put gloves on my hands so I wouldn't scratch. You know, I had a really awful um, childhood, um, you know, sort of debilitating. And that probably sort of took its toll on my confidence as well, like growing up um, and being around people. And that sort of accelerated sort of my OCD as well, because I used to scratch quite a bit and my, you know, uh, you can see on all the, the, the skin just falling off. Um, so I'm quite, I'm quite particular now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it hasn't gone away, but it's, it's been, it's not been cured, but it, it's been sort of, it's, you manageable. Know, in, it's manageable and it's in control. Um, I'll give you another example. So last year, my wife was diagnosed with stage two bowel cancer. Uh, in April 2021 and she's not been to Chinese uh, so only I used to go and by the way I I had back issues as well and um, um, he's helped me with those as well sort of lower back Mm -hmm. issues it's kind of like electrical shocks that go up and down back issues are are quite common um, but they can be fixed with acupuncture so yeah go back to my wife um, she was adamant that she wanted to have surgery to remove the cancer in her bowel so it was sort of just you know maybe about six inches from the bottom um but they put her on a um on a course of radiation and chemotherapy um now i've got you know sort of coming from where i am and 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 praising alternative therapies you know i don't really have much confidence in the uh, you know the the Western medicine at all. It it, it it let me down. You know, I mean, the only thing I probably take is paracetamol. Um, but even that, you know, it, if you have too much of it, you know, you could it could kill your liver. So there's yeah. there's all side effects to Western medicine. And so she had no choice to do the radiotherapy and the chemotherapy, which are quite brutal actually. You know, you've got side effects of not being able to have a baby anymore you know your reproductive organs can be fried um you know you, you can not just lose your hair you can you know have other issues um um you know sort of brain fog and stuff so i um helped to get through through this time um and so we started doing fresh juices so we did every single morning um, you know make a fresh juice of you know apples um sort of celery you know, quite green juices uh barley powder so there was massive concoctions of like j- fresh juices uh um, to sort of get her vitamin and minerals levels up the antioxidants to try and kick the immune system into play so it would actually fight the cancer itself um so we did like months and months of juicing we did like um vitamins lots of like high antioxidant vitamins vitamin c um grape seed um and all sorts of stuff and it was a combination of the, the juices the vitamins um her going to acupuncture as well 
and telling the doctor this is this is what I've got. But she still did the chemo and radio. It was it was they were combined, and it was a short like three three week four week thing. And she, then she went for further tests and stuff. So by October last year, the same exactly this day last year, she got the all clear. It had all gone uh, without any surgery, and she's just had an MRI. This she just had an MRI last week, and that's all clear as well. So wow. it's all Amazing. so, and that yeah. So the doctor was quite shocked. They go um, only ten percent of people or something have a, you know going through the treatment. Only sort of ten fifteen percent actually have a um, you know a complete turnaround. Yeah, you know, yeah. usually it's there, it's smaller, but and then you still have to go in and cut it out. But a very few percent of people actually have, you know, um, you can't even detect it at all, kind of thing. So you know, alternative therapy, you can combine it. You can you can, you know, add put in the Western stuff as well, and um, you know, it, hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, keep doing what she's doing. Um, and she'll, she'll be okay. But yeah, otherwise it could have turned into surgery, but then surgery then has its own complications later on. This is like 3000 year old sort of, you know, traditional medicine, isn't it? This is going, this is ancient stuff that it's kind of been, you know, in China and it's always, it's kind of been forgotten. It's, you know, the Western medicines come through with painted in drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that the West is very quick to, to tell someone that they've, they've, they've got something and it's like, you've got this thing and that's your life now. And now you need this medicine, you know, um, to deal with it. And in some cases that might be true, but I think in a lot of cases, you know, it's, there's a variety of factors there. You know, it's not, it's not just that you've got this thing, you know, and even in some cases, I think that it could be like emotional factors. You know, it might be that, that your, your state of mind, that the state of mind that you're in and, you know, if you have some conflict in your life that you're not addressing, that can manifest yes. itself into, into the body as well you know and i think that sometimes it's discouraged saying something like that because it's like oh well, you're victim blaming you know you're victim blaming someone's unhealthy someone's got uh, this that or the other and you're saying that it could be because of their their state of mind or whatever that you're mm. victim blaming but it's not really like that you know i think that actually it's kind of an empowering thing to say to someone like look let's look at the whole profile of someone let's look at their health but let's also look at their mental health let's look at the the situation in their in their life. Let's look at whether there's any conflict there, whether, whether there's any trauma there, and healing that. I'm not saying it's going to work in every case, or that it's even a factor in every case. But I do mm. think that there is a intrinsic link there, which is hard to deny when you start looking at alternative health. Yeah. So the whole holistic journey, you, you've got to look at everything. And so, yeah, our, the the way our we feel, our vibrationals, our energies can manifest. You're right. Manifest in health issues. Um, you know, and sometimes undetected. So, for in the in as my wife in the, as an example, not only did we do juicing, um, but we kept our confidence levels high. You know, we we didn't get down out, you know, too down about it. Um, so we did quite a bit of hypnotherapy with her as well. So you kind of um, you get, in, get into a relaxed state, and then you're more suggestive to, you know, sort of um, change your behaviours and stuff. If you if you want to you know become more positives and stuff like that so you know maybe there was an anxiety or depression you know sort of you know so he would get rid of that you know uh, or you know sort of try and program your your mind so it is very sort of mind centric as well so hypnotherapy and even like um um healing stones so like reiki right you know reiki um 
sort of you know your energy channels and stuff and and just sort of realigning um your your body and you know she's fine i mean she's she's you know she's happy and uh you know she's over um you know you know over the the bad hurt you know sort of the bad news and stuff but uh, yeah yeah, that's awesome to hear man yeah congrats to you guys for for getting through that um yeah so I know we've we've kind of zoomed in on on health here, which yeah, with these conversations, I don't normally try to to steer it in a certain direction. I just let them be what they are. So I guess let's stick with this topic for now, because actually you mentioned about um, about the um, sorry the terrain theory. That's the word for it, right? And this is something which, if there's one thing that people keep mm. asking every time I say, you know, what topics do you want me to discuss on a podcast and stuff, or the thing that people always want to know about is like the whole concept of like viruses, do they really exist? And this, this whole thing. And I actually, there's someone who I've said this in a couple of previous episodes, there's someone who is a a really big voice on this topic who I am trying to get him on the podcast and he's agreed to come on and we just can't seem to to schedule it in right now. I'm not going to say who it is yet, just in case it doesn't happen, but um, I'm trying to have a, a, a kind of larger conversation about this. Cause I, for me, I'm complete noob when it comes to, to this, this question of, um, germ theory versus terrain theory, but I'm wondering if you can. It sounds like you you maybe are on the terrain theory side, so I'm wondering if you can maybe lay out yeah. um, what that is and what are your kind of current views on that. By the way, if you're listening on YouTube right now, then this is about to get censored, so be be warned for a censorship message. Normally, I don't warn for them, but now, but now that the pod is on is on YouTube, I know when it's going to have to censor. So if you want to listen to this section of the conversation, go and listen on a censorship free platform. Uh, but the censorship message is about to tell you that anyway. So yes, this was something I looked into quite early on. So th- both those books, what 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 really makes you ill, and also the um, the invisible rainbow, actually plays a really big part in my um, out my, well my outlook on COVID and and viruses and bacteria in general. Now. I'm always ill. <laughs> I, I I suffer obviously from a low immune system, eczema, asthma, and so I've always got a cold. Uh, I've always got tissues with me, and uh, well, I used to. And every time I used to go to London, uh, people around people's houses, change of atmosphere, change of you know people, change of emotions, it kickstarts my my you know uh, my no- my nose would run. I'll start sneezing. So I'm I'm quite I'm quite allergic allergic to pets. You know, uh, lots of different things. But then, what I've realised over the years is that if you build up your 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 gut health and your immune system, um, you can actually um, get stronger. You can train it, um, and then you can you know, and if you eat the right foods and if you if you lead a healthy lifestyle, um, you know, they're, they're all good things. You can positively impact your health. And so, when things like COVID and you know. Um, uh, when there's a change of weather, when there is a um, change in the way the Earth is, is because the sun influences the Earth too. Um, it's the solar energies. Um, every 11 years, we get a, a massive radiation. You know, the the sunspots actually uh, influence um, life on the planet as well. The number of sun sunspots. So they, they reckon um, if there is a large number of sunspots it's called suns um um, solar the solar solar maximum yeah that's right so solar minimum solar maximums and so that could influence influenza seasons as well so they're quite they're quite um, related um and it's been sort of kind of scientifically proven that there is on the dips on the solar 
dips, less sunspots, more sunspots, then th- that has an influence on outbreaks of influenza. And they've like they've done correlated between you know those wow, years and and, and the big flus and stuff. So if you if you read the um, Arthur Fistenberg book, it it goes through some of the timeline, but then you can find other stuff uh, from that. So that kind of put it into perspective that um, it may not be um, creepy crawlies that are entering our body. It could be the fact that um, the, the sun is causing this. Um, but the, the, the thing about viruses is that they're everywhere. Um, what they are actually calling viruses, um, I mean, they're not, they're not organic. They're not, living creatures you know they they're kind of like i i i treat them like bits of code like ones and zeros and stuff but they're everywhere they're in they're in the the ozone they're in the upper parts of the planet as well and they and they rain down on us they're everywhere viruses um they collect them from oceans um and they study them you know water-based viruses and and you can um, zoom in and magnify and and then look look at them, but you know I think they're a part of they're a part of life itself. They're 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 everywhere. They're on our surface of our skin. They're in our body. We have this thing called the virome, which is millions and millions of viruses inside our body. Um, and they've actually tested people using the same sort of test they use for COVID. Um, and they tested some one person, and he had strep, he had HIV, he had all these viruses, but you know, po- uh, tested positive for them, but he was perfectly fine. So you can test something, you can test someone for a virus, and it could come back positive. But whether that's actually affecting their terrain is is a different story. You know, what would affect your terrain is is the things around us, is the things we eat, is the things, you know. Um, you know, sort of um, things that weaken our immune system down, and it could be life, it could be stress, it could be magnetic energy. It could, it, it's a whole raft of things, you know, and even age. So you know, having COVID at eighty is a lot more. Having flu at eighty is a lot more deadly than having it when you are six years old. So, yeah, the the, the whole terrain theory is basically, um, you, you know, you, you're not just a ball of cells. You're actually a, you know, sort of, um, you know, you're, you're an electronic organism, you know, we're, we're, vib- we're vibrating. Um, we have different chakra points and different centers and different, you know, different energies and stuff. And, you know, and it's not a case of sometimes, sometimes it, it, it might seem like you've caught the cold from someone, but I think there's something else going on. I think there's some sort of vibrational thing going on as well um so you kind of go i mean i've been around people who are sick and, and i'm doing fine um, and on some on other occasions you know i might feel rough as well but like um going back to like, like march 2020 like i had um uh, before well this is february 2020 this is before the lockdowns i had the worst flu in the world you know i was in bed for about a week i was um aches and pains and stuff and i was sleeping with my wife and she never caught it you know she was perfectly fine um and i, I and i think whatever happened during that time it affected me um but then after march 2020 for about a good two years i was you know i, w- 
I had the best health. I didn't even have any sniffles. You know, all throughout those COVID months, you know, nothing affected me. Uh, I never got it. You know, I tested negative every time, you know. And then just the Christmas that went last Christmas, uh, unfortunately, supposedly, supposedly I tested positive, but, you know, I was feeling rough. Uh, so I had to cancel Christmas. I had to, like, tell everyone not to come around. So, um, you know, and, and, it, and it kind of just, oh, do we have to do all this? You know, it's just a, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think that even if you have beliefs, like you're, you're skeptical as to whether if some, something as large as, like, viruses existing and you're, you're skeptical of ideas like contagion and transmission and stuff. But then if mm. you have that positive test in front of you, it's like, are you going to put your money on being correct and be like, ah, forget this test. Everyone's coming around for Christmas, right? Like, I mm. think that there is no. also such a thing as just being cautious about, okay, well, you could be wrong about this. Because, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of where I am at the moment with this. You know, I, I generally believe that, or at least I find it very hard to, believe that the medical establishment has all got it wrong when it comes to viruses. I know that, you know, there is a, there is strong arguments to be made about, okay, we've never actually been able to totally isolate a virus isolate. and do the, these tests. And, you know, that stuff is interesting to me, but I also just think, is it possible to like hoodwink an entire medical establishment that, you know, are clearly not all in a conspiracy. They could all be believe like unwittingly believing a lie, but I find that hard to believe, but yeah, I'm, I am uh, I am interested in this area and interested to to explore it more because as far as I'm concerned, since COVID, you know, there's things I never thought I'd be skeptical about that I now am skeptical about because I've seen this huge lie of, you know, not that the whole thing is a lie, not that the virus is a lie, but just the um, the scale of it, just the scale of how afraid we should all be. Excuse me. <coughs> I've seen them try to push this thing and to kind of hype it into an order of magnitude more than it should be or several orders of magnitude. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of quietly cautious about things like, um, climate change, right? Like the idea that we're, that we're, we're causing that because I, I see some parallels there in the way that, for instance, you're not about allowed to talk about it, in the way that you're not, re- you're not even scientists aren't allowed to debate it. It's like, you know, one group says, no, the debate's over. We're not allowed to debate it. And, you know, very similar to with, with COVID where you see these, these medical people, it's like, oh, well, if you don't believe that the vaccine is safe and effective, you're not even invited to the table to have a discussion because, you know, you're an anti-vaxxer. I see similar yeah. things happening in, in, in uh, the world of kind of climate science and stuff. So I am skept- I'm kind of skeptical. I think that everything is on the table for me now. I'm, I'm exactly, open yep. to, to these things. Be. But yeah, I, at this stage, I haven't looked into it. Um, I'm still, you know, I still believe there was, there was a virus, there is a virus, uh, yeah. it is transmissible, et cetera. But I am, um, you know, I'm open-minded to, to having my mind change on that. So I went up to Scotland um, in the middle of July and we went up there for about 10 days um, hiking. Uh, so me, my wife, um, my, my young daughter, she's eight, uh, climbing hills and mountains and stuff. And I got ill. Um, you know, it's been in a, in a, in a, in a you know, in a different place, in a different environment, uh, you know, affects my immune system and I got ill. Um, and so, but I, I kept on going, you know, we still did all the activities. We had everything booked and planned for. Um, so when I got back to Leicester, um, we did a test. I was negative because um, I kind of got over it, but my wife was positive. So we obviously had COVID during that time and we didn't even realize it. So, I mean, 
the test is kicking off something. It's it, it's picking up some. It's picking up something. But w- what is it? Pick? It's picking up an immune response, and, and many things could kick that off. You know, it could be a cold. It could be a. It could be you know you you're just not feeling well. Um, you know, but, but there's, there's been cases where we've had to take a test, and you know, I've had a, something else, a cold or whatever. You know, and 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 it's not triggered it. So yeah, maybe you know. So I, I mean, you know, I, I ask the same questions as well. Like, um, you know, whatever it's doing the rounds. Ha, uh, has it been doing the rounds f- forever, and we we've not really, you know, paid much attention to it. Um, but yeah. I also I also believe that if you're going to do something, if you're going to pull this off, there's planning involved, and and I I I do believe that the powers that be understand the way the world works in terms of the rotation of the, the Earth and the Sun, and the relationship between. The, the solar sunspot minima and maxima, are, are, you know, they know because the the word influenza actually came about um, a very long time ago, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, because many believed that the sun was influencing us, and that that's where influenza comes from. It is the sun's really? influence. Yeah, so the sun is very powerful. We have a you know, obviously, deities used to pray to the sun and you know sun gods and all this, but it's a very powerful, um, symbolic. Uh, it's not just a thing in the sky. You know, it has power. Uh, you know, it keeps us warm and, and you know makes life on this planet. And so, so the the the, the radiation that it, that kicks out at certain times points it peaks and that can influence the way we feel. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I. I, I if you read some of these papers on this like cosmic theory, this uh, sunspot theory, um, it quite al- it, it aligns back up to um, the end of 2020, 2019 is when it happened, when there was zero sunspots. The, the, we went through a minima. So they knew, and because they know where the, the ozone is quite thin, it's, it's in China. So they knew the year when to do it and, and, and where it would occur first. And, and and it was it was an overblown, a massive influenza, but they've they've re, rebadged it. It's slightly different. It's a slightly diff, different one because the nineteen sixty seven flu was different. The Hong Kong flu, the nineteen, uh, the one in early nineteenth century was completely different. They, they were all different. So every time this thing happens, you get a different variation of flu. But this time they called it COVID. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's super interesting. I've, I've yeah, I've never heard that about the about the the sun's the sun having that influence and stuff. That's super. You should interesting. look into it. Definitely look into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I, you know what? I, I really wish that I had time to look into all of <laughs> all of these different things. I just kind of feel like now that my like worldview has been shattered and literally everything yes. is on the table, I have to narrow my focus somewhat to what I actually look into. I I had to deal with I had to deal with that. I had to put that. I had to get some closure very early on in 2020 to put that aside and then focus on the tech because you know because this all these things were going on at the same time you had protests you had lockdowns you had vaccine passports you had all the stuff on the vaccines and and then there's still stuff you know now the side effects i mean i i knew from 2009 i was i was thinking about this because i wanted to raise this with you i knew from 20 2009 when the swine flu um scam came through and lots of people took this uh vaccine back then right and it and it forced a lot of people to uh, not wake up so there was like narcolepsy and stuff 
and there was like you know all these lawsuits and stuff so i knew that whatever vaccine they'll come out with is going to have big problems and i think dr molotra at the moment is putting a um a scientific paper saying you know um the the, the damages from vaccines but that that's a different story you know i, I didn't want to talk about vaccines because if you talk about the vaccine uh, you'll get censored uh on yeah. youtube on uh, twitter so i don't i don't touch uh, anything to do with vaccine unless it's got vaccine passports in the name <laughs> so um I, i've been lucky i've been lo- lucky on twitter i've i've had um um a, a very short 12 hour ban maybe uh not last christmas the christmas before but uh, yeah i've been pretty good because i've been focusing on 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 other areas on more sort of tech areas yeah I, i've been quite lucky as well i don't i don't know i mean i I'm kind of throttled. My account is very, very throttled. Like I don't get followers. I don't really get much retweets given that I've got over like 10K followers. My retweets is like, you know, very, very like low generally. But to be fair, like I haven't been banned, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, my, my my problem at the moment with doing this podcast is just on like when I've just on YouTube, like I, I, yeah. have, I have to spend a lot of time censoring sections of the conversation. Like this one I know is going to be like heavily censored and people listening on YouTube is going to be pissed off. They're going to be like, oh, for God's sake, like another censorship message. You know, how much of this conversation have I lost? And that's why I keep saying like I'm on YouTube and I'm, and I'm there like in presence because YouTube is quite good at getting you an audience. It's great. You've got comments and stuff there. Um, it's got really nice, you know, mechanisms for uploading and scheduling. It's got great features, but you can't talk about the stuff you want to talk about. So, um, yeah, that is a shame. But anyway, zooming, zooming back out again to the stuff you just mentioned, the, the vaccine passports and everything and digital IDs. Where, where are things at, at the moment as you see them? Because, you know, I'm, I've just not been really reading much or looking much into this. I've kind of just like moved on a bit from that. I haven't been spending my time looking at what different governments and organizations are doing. So where is the world up to with this and where do you see it going? Well, the um, currently the situation is so there's, I mean, anything that's not quite here, but it's in the pipeline, people are very skeptical over. So you've got various, you know, bills in parliament. parliament. Uh, censorship is, um, is, is one that's actually uh, uniting a lot of people. And the whole PayPal thing uh, came about um, banning the free speech union and, and, and Toby, um, was it Toby Young? And so, obviously, people are quite skeptical about the um, the new currencies that will be uh, coming in within the next couple of years um, by the central banks, the central bank digital currencies, uh, yeah. which will overtake sort of fiat cash, fiat money. Um, they're sort of like digital tokens. They can be program, pro, programmed, so you can only spend it on um, certain items. Um, they can also be trackable, so you know, you know, uh, immutable. Um, um, immutable to the to the ledger so a permanent record of of your buying habits um you know um, privacy is gone anonymity is gone um that's been uh, accelerated over the past couple of weeks um lots of countries are doing trials australia um china uh even iran they're um doing cdbc's um but they're they're going to be connected to your the, the the digital wallet so these whole this whole idea around digital identity now digital identity is is not just your your name your birth certificate you, you know your things about you but they've also got things about um you know your skill sets your behaviors uh, your your whole digital profile online will be 
in one place because at the moment it's quite fragmented. Uh, you've got accounts with Amazon, accounts with Google, accounts with all sorts of data in different places, but um, going on with these wallets, so everything will be connected. Um, your access to the internet in this new web 3.0 internet will be by this, your digital identity. Um, but it's also going to be capturing how much any energy you use as well, how much, how much carbon it's all going towards this whole climate agenda, um, which is, if, you know, if you look sort of the next five years, you've got CDBCs, they're going to be tied to a digital wallet, which has got all your information. Uh, you'll, you'll use that to get into the metaverse. You'll use that to go online. Um, you know, we're, we're moving towards maybe a China light Chinification um, with, with the tech, um, and then you've got yeah, then you've got other elements in play as well. The universal basic income they can they can they can start rolling that out once the wallet's in place. Uh, government central so you know government services, every single government services you can think of. There's 300 plus uh, UK government is signed up to a digital identity scheme. So even if you open a new company, you got to go through this. Even if you start renting uh, DBS checks, you got to go through this. Everything's going through this digital identity now. It's building up a profile on you, um, and and you're going to be scored. It's kind of like when you get a loan. You know they have to measure lots of different things, or they have to go through your credit rating. So it's like a credit rating score, but this is going to be a bit more more general around your your digital persona and, and and you know and 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 what you've what you've done before and what you and what you'll do in the future so everything was going to be tracked um like a lot, a lot of this technology they they trialed in africa um in places like uganda rwanda nigeria um but then they also want to tie the financial the whole financial system will go through that so um you know your your central bank digital currencies um your your loans uh you know your customer one, laws yeah one thing that one thing that i don't quite understand about this this huge push for cbdc even though obviously you know i think that's where things will ultimately go they'll try and bring more and more things yeah. into the fray but why they they already can do that right now. Like all right, they do yeah. is they 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 just get the commercial banks to to do it for them, right? Like just like just like mm-hmm. for instance, you've got Ofcom that says you can't um, say anything bad about vaccines. Why don't they just say to the banks now? Okay, well we don't want people spending this, doing this. You know, if they've got a criminal record, then you have to stop them from doing this, that, or the other. Why don't they just use the commercial banks now? It seems like this whole CBDC thing is trying to kind of achieve something which I think will be like a way, way bigger task than they can, rather than rather than incrementally bringing it about through the through through the current banking system. Yeah, I think it's more to do with control because over the past sort of 10, 12 years, you've had cryptocurrencies and you've had Bitcoin and you've had decentralized um, forms of alternative um and, and that's what started off from the t- 2008 crash um people didn't want to put their money into banks and stuff so they didn't have they've lost trust in banks um uh, because obviously your, your your money can get devalued uh it can be taken away you know and so there was a big push for de- decentralization and uh, you know privacy that's where sort of bitcoin uh, has got its advantages but now they want well the central banks want to rein, to rein every everything in, and and have even more control over over the economy. This is all about geopolitics, um, having control over countries. Um, being, the central bank will then um, 
because at the moment it's the regulator it 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 makes the money it creates the money uh quantitative easing and um it it reg it's a, it's a regulator and and that that regulator regulates all the commercial banks and and you know sets the rules but now um that that relationship will now change so you'll have um you'll have current accounts in the central bank you everyone would have a, an account with a ledger with the central bank and they will be able to have even further control and um uh and access to data i suppose so is it just a matter of that it's difficult to get a commercial bank to do something which ultimately is better positioned as a government institution because they want to kind of bring in so much data and so much control that it's just it's difficult to get a private institution to do that essentially um yeah uh yeah i i don't understand completely you know why commercial banks wouldn't you know because then you'll probably have lots of different um the, the thing yeah the thing is about the um the central bank doing it is because they are the ones creating creating cash you know creating the currency creating money i think this whole going in a cashless society it's it, it's it's all connected so you know banks are actually closing down and you know cash machines are disappearing um and there's you know since covid um cash is you know money has been um seemed as to be you know a vector for for disease spread and stuff there's it's it's all being vilified and so everywhere you go we we I mean, we we have digital money already. You know, we've got debit cards and credit cards, but this is a a system that's like a crypto system. But it's yeah, it 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 it, it will give the central bankers even more control and power, and being able to set interest rates also uh, on those currencies. But then that is a platform in itself, also because that um, central um, that wallet you have with the with the central bank, with the digital currency, that would then be, it could then be used for this whole net zero um, project as well. So the, the, the whole idea around um, using um, tracking purchases to see what you're buying is not for your benefit. It's actually for the benefit of society because what you're buying could be, um, you know, uh, quite carbon heavy. So you'll be encouraged to, you know, buy products that are actually have been recycled and stuff. So they, they want to track this whole thing about uh, carbon in the environment and, and this whole net zero. So the CBDC is part of this net zero vision. Mm. It just it seems to me like it's almost just it's almost just like a three point because you obviously yeah. you've gone from people trading maybe even four point because you've kind of gone from people to trading just like I, I guess bartering and then it's gone to coins which you have to go to the bank to kind of get the coins and the bank actually has the has some control over the money and then it kind of goes to a another aspect where where things go um digital and you're using bank accounts and there's there's more control there and the bank says you know rather than you just handing cash for something the bank can say oh sorry like we don't we don't approve this payment or you know is this really you or whatever it might be and now and and it's just like the next upgrade and i wonder whether actually like they're going to it's actually going to be a brand new currency as well like maybe this central bank digital currency that they might it might not even be, they might just say well it's redeemable for your you know your original money but it's a completely new thing it's essentially like a fresh currency we're done with the we're done with the pound now we've got 
some new thing. I'm not sure how how that's going to like really play out, but I think yeah. that my my view on that whole thing, even though it's all kind of crazy and terrifying in some respects, I just think that governments are never going to be able to pull this off. I mean, governments no. governments are so poor at doing almost anything. The idea that they can do probably the the most the greatest feat of technological um not just innovation but just a whole new system by which we we run our lives and stuff the idea that, uh, that governments are going to mm. be able to do this is just that it's not going to happen in my view these are people who are just largely yeah. that they're, they're just pen pushers and bullshitters people who are working in government just do not have the the kind of i guess yeah the the, the skills or they're just not kind of elite enough on a technical level on an actual on the level of what's the word i'm looking for like making things happen actually like just doing the stuff you know so i wanted to ask you actually because i know in your twitter message to me you said that you know you're you're nervous and that maybe this conversation would see a bit of a, a different side to you what is it you're nervous about is it is it is it the cbdc's and the digital id stuff or um yeah what like what are your kind of current thoughts surrounding everything? Um, I think there's just a general comment. Um, I mean, uh, like in terms of like where I was before, um, you know, I was quite anonymous uh, on on Twitter. Um, for ages, I had like, you know, just a, a fake picture for a while. And then I put a proper picture on. So to try and connect with my audience a bit more. And then I started doing obviously a bit more stuff with uh, radio Um and then I was actually on talk radio. Uh, I did a five minute slot. Yeah, so I'm kind oh, of on talk um, radio. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm 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 not Great. a media person. I'm not media savvy or, or anything like this. So that's where the nervousness is coming from. So because it's doing something that I've not not haven't done before. So obviously you feel a bit oh yes is new. But I went through some of your your previous um, podcasts, excellent uh, stuff with Rick and uh, Liz um yeah brilliant um yeah i was on uh, talk radio with mike graham <laughs> for five minutes my claim to fame last tuesday um tuesday well, that, morning that's so. great man i I'm, I'm glad to hear that um i'm glad to hear that talk radio are actually starting to become try and at least try to become relevant because i kind of feel like since gb news became a thing like talk radio just became a completely pointless uh oh pointless yeah i mean um, i mean julie hartley uh julia hartley brewer um, she called me up on um, on Monday, last Monday, bank holiday Monday. It was the Queen's. It, it was, we had a special bank holiday uh, where the Queen was uh, a Queen's funeral. So she phoned me up on that day and to try and get me on to talk radio because there was there was local issues going on around here. Uh, there was like tensions between um, uh, Muslims and Hindu groups. So things were like kicking off. And so I was on the ground and I started covering it. I mean, I don't usually cover local news or anything to do with religion. It's always mainly, you know, mainly sort of, you know, future tech and stuff, um, you know, uh, agendas. Uh, but yeah, uh, I got I got called on. It was pretty good. I had a little slot on there. Uh, Rick Munn actually was surprised as well. So I, I'll send you the video. Over. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. I'll send you the video. Oh, it's on my YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got, some people following me i've got like um matt letissier i don't know if you know him he's a footballer yeah he follows he follows me um there's a, a chap called uh, joe rogan uh, he does excellent po podcasts 
He, Joe Rogan's following you. Yeah, yeah. So he's been following oh me since God. like... Um, We're going to get Seek for Truth on the Joe Rogan podcast. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm not, very, I'm not very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but you're doing really well, man. I mean, you know, like obviously, you know, you say that you don't normally do, do media print and stuff, but actually like your, your written stuff and everything you're putting on Twitter and your threads and stuff is great. So, you know, you've obviously got a very analytical brain and, and also you're kind of tapping into something which people want to hear and you know it doesn't even though obviously like it does kind of surprise me that um talk radio brought you on i think ultimately this is where all of the mainstream media is going to have to go and i do call them mainstream some people might say well they're not mainstream media but yeah i think that like you know talk radio and even gb news like if they um there's so many kind of independent um kind of media like content producers and stuff now you know stuff like tnt radio you know like what rick's doing and, and all those guys like that they're going to take over. They're kind of just ready. As soon as GB News and Talk Radio and stuff, as soon as they um, kind of fall off the ball, these other these other kind of alternative media channels are going to just flourish. Um, yeah. So I think that actually the fact that Talk Radio brought you on that speaks to the fact that they obviously feel that burn that they're like, if we if we're going to stay relevant, we need to bring people on who people are actually listening to, like real people who people want to listen to, not just bringing on, you know, the, the kind of the latest chill, but just people who actually have been able to speak to what people, you know, speak to people in a different way and about subjects and topics that they want to hear. Yeah, there's there's a fantastic amount of people um, on, on Twitter. I think that's my main social media platform. Um, I find it very difficult to manage more than one um, channel so, yeah. yeah so um I, I you know we i started doing obviously uh, information threads um then um converted them into sort of long form articles uh, with all the information i used to cover so i used to like you know um sort of replicate my threads to articles and articles to threads and then recently recently obviously more more and more media appearances um such as with yourself and rick so i'm on his show next week um, oh nice so am i what day are you on um first day at 11 first day oh, 11. okay all right yeah 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 i'm i'm on tuesday so uh, yeah i'll be yeah no worries i'll i'll uh, <laughs> i'll catch that um and yeah so kind of built up this network of like-minded individuals i mean they've, they've really kept me sane through throughout all of this so the guys at truth talk so toby uh brown who runs to truth talk the the guys at stop common pass um which came, it's another it's another organization um david nolan him and me you know we're um sort of independent you know we're not affiliated with anyone we're sort of you know uh, ground up pretty you know rough and ready raw um organizations i think we've got a good good group of you know like-minded individuals who are freedom fighters but they're doing you know in their own way you know like everyone's doing bits bits and pieces um yeah you know and i think i think that's important and i mean we've got um you know bigger celebrities as well we we hosted a you are stop common pass hosted a twitter space uh, just a couple of days ago um and i was on um uh, rick was on rick Munn was on david was uh, hosting um and then we had uh, a guy called james james melville people um have learned that you know governments can't be trusted especially when they come out with a big you know with a big problem uh, so, you know 
And so, yeah, 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 be, yeah. Be, be, um, be, be skeptical, right? And, be skeptical, and, um, yeah. You know, ask questions. And actually, and... This, this is something which I've seen, which has been quite good to see recently is this Italian, uh, this new person who's been elected in, in Italy. And I think that Georgia. even, even a, a year or two ago, when people had more hopium in them, they might have looked at this and been like, oh yeah, she's the savior. And they did that for about a day and then was like, oh, wait a second. You know, she supports a lot of these these uh these things she she seems like not that anti-establishment basically but i think that previously people might have clung on to, to that but now i think people are beginning to realize like if you assume if you got elected the chances are like you're not anti-establishment because you don't get through you don't pass through the filter the, the problem is johnny is like you have all these freedom fighters um so-called freedom fighters and and when they come out and say you know they support the queen you know, and then they call, then they get called yeah. controlled opposition. You know, because how can you support the <laughs> support the royal family when you know they're involved in all these other activities? But y- yeah, um, so th- I mean, I mean, the, yeah, the globalists- I agree. I agree. It's, it's it is mad that that whole thing with the with the queen and the royal family and everything. It's mad. It's like this is this is someone you know whether like I'm not saying you sh- you should kind of like necessarily hate on the queen, but. She literally paid off her son, who mm. was involved in the whole Epstein stuff, who's clearly a pedo, right? And she she paid for for that to all go away. And Prince then Andrew. you've got you've got freedom fighters mm. who are basically saying like, oh yeah, um, oh how how sad, oh the queen, how amazing she is. And I'm like, do you, do you not marry these two? Like at some point, you don't have to reconcile these two pieces of information that like the, the royal family are not your friend. And this is my problem with kind of conservatism versus like a genuine, you know, like conservatives. It, it's like they don't actually, um, they have very mixed principles. I, I find like people who just like, oh, I'm a conservative. It's like, yeah, I'm really anti-state anti, uh, and this, that and the other. And, you know, actually, I think I believe in individual individual freedom stuff. But then I support this monarchy and they're Mm. involved in all of the exact same stuff. And it's still a complete, you know, it's essentially just welfareism for the super rich. I mean, yeah, it frustrates me, but sorry, that was a, that was probably an unwarranted rant. Yeah. So I think we were getting to, um, yeah. So people on Twitter calling uh, other people out being not controlled opposition because they support things, you know, such as the Royal family um, and, and the like, But, but you know, but there are things that unite most, you know, a lot of people there, you know, w- when something happens and especially this whole censorship stuff with, with PayPal, that seemed to get a, quite a bit of attention, uh, attention. And so that united a lot of people um, and a lot of the MPs got involved. And that's the only way we're going to make a difference is that I think we've got to, um, we've got, we, we can't, we can't tackle everything. You know, we've, we've got to do one thing at a time, you know, forget multitasking, do focus on one thing. So it could be the vaccines. It then, it, you know, it could be the vaccine passports. It could be the mandates, you know, but do, you know, and have proper campaigns and, and get like-minded people together. Um, you know, and, and, and there's, there's many, there's many things to come, you know, this whole, this whole Ukraine, uh, this world war three, uh, about to kick off and you ask you know it's sort of, a whole cost of living crisis and i think the, the cost of living crisis is actually what might unite people next uh, because it's affecting everyone um so yeah but then you will we direct our anger in an efficient way you know it, it's okay to get angry but you've got to to 
to, to do something about it. You know, you've got to make small steps, um, you know, to try and make life better for everyone. But yeah, I think, I think, I think we're all on this journey, but we're all on this journey together as well. And so, you know, we've got to support each other, uh, families, friends, communities, um, you know, um, and just stay positive because even if there are drastic changes coming through, you know, even if they're going to rip out the economic system and put in a new technocracy um, where we'll all be plugged into the, the matrix, you know, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do it all together. But but I've always said I've got this little thing that always goes into my mind. It's like um, maybe we have to assimilate, you know, maybe we'll have to, you know, become AI so we can get into the system and kill it. <laughs> You know, that's the only way we're going to do it is is to um, let let the truth shine. You know, and and uh, you know, elevate our species. But yeah, yeah, it's all it's all up there at nice, the moment. Man. No, I, I like that. I really like that positivity. Uh, that's a good point to that's a good point to round off off on. Actually, um, thanks for coming on, man. It's been yeah. it's been great to have you on. Been great to kind of yeah. get to know you and have a have a longer conversation like this do you want to just let my audience know where they can find you and also any final parting thoughts that you have um so you can find me on twitter seek for truth s-i-k-h for truth um i've also got there's also links through to various videos uh, my youtube channel um which is very quiet um but yeah just uh, just my main feed uh, i try and post out articles from um sort of um affiliates and, and like-minded uh individuals some independent researchers so i'm quite supportive of of writers you know um um people you know up and coming writers um trying to um get you know even more involved with um writing for truth talk yeah so my website well it's not my website it's a uh, it's toby brown's uh, website truthtalk.uk you can find me there um i'm always posting up um sort of you know original pieces original material on truth talk um yes yeah, so twitter truth talk uk um seek for truth um yeah and uh well final words um i don't know i didn't really prepare anything but yeah thanks for having me on it's nice to meet you um you know you've done some great podcasts in the past um you know keep, keep it up uh, you know uh, what you're doing is, is is amazing you know it's it's, it's all part of the you know the, the service that we're, we're all doing in our own bits is you know is, is having an effect and you know there's now alternative sources of information you yeah. know there's long form conversations and i think podcasts is, podcasts and uh, radio shows are, are you know are the way to go yeah well thanks man i really appreciate your 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 kind words about the podcast and yeah likewise right back at you keep up the awesome work you're you're doing really um some really great articles and all the rest of it and you know your twitter's kind of really blown up considering you've only had it two years that's uh, like quite an achievement and you know i think it's definitely well deserved so yeah right back at you keep keep doing the awesome work and hopefully we'll chat again cheers johnny thank you very much cheers